So it's so good to see you all here. You make my day. You make my Sunday every week, for sure. So this idea that no one gets to heaven till if anyone is left behind is exactly what we are talking about in our mission and vision statement here at the Church of One Love. That if we are one, and we are one in a love that is the greatest power in the world, then one of us can't go where all of us can't go. Does that make sense? Yes. Now, heaven is taught um, in a literal sense in the Bible as a place that you go after you die. And that's what I was taught when I was young is that it's okay to be really miserable here. As a matter of fact, go ahead and strike up your miserable points because it might get you a star in your crown when you get to heaven because that's when joy begins after you're dead. And I got to tell you, my family and the people in my church lived that. <laughs> Wasn't a lot of joy going on there. And I believe when Jesus talks about heaven in the Bible, he is talking about a state of mind. He's talking about a place where love rules. And yes, it is my hope that after we die, we go to a place where love rules. But I can tell you that today, right now, you have a choice to go to a place where love rules, Amen. where love is in charge. And this is what we endeavor to be at this church while knowing that, like all churches, we're made up of a whole bunch of humans. <laughs> so we certainly don't do it perfectly. But I wanted to talk about, actually, as my daughter Erin said, you know, you say the vision and mission statement every week, but you never really talk about it for a long time. You should do a sermon on that. And since I am always obedient to my daughter, <laughs> I said, that's a really good idea. That's a good idea. So I want to break down our vision statement. What we say is that, cool, we see a world fully transformed through the spiritual awakening of all humanity to the one love that we are. So that's the purpose of a vision, is to see through the eyes of love, to see through the eyes of God, not what it looks like right here, right now, but to see the truth of it that is under and over and beyond what we see in this world right now. The truth, and, and to see means to perceive with the eyes or to discern mentally after reflection or information. <clears throat> to see is to understand. Ah, now I see. To see is to envision, to hold in mind, and to see the inner truth regardless of circumstances. In the same way that when a child is throwing a tantrum, we see the child and the beauty of that child not the tantrum they're throwing at that moment. That's just a thing they're doing. It has nothing to do with who they are. And all of us were once children, and I often reflect upon the fact that we are so, as we should be, we are so quick to protect children. Children need protection. They are precious. Every single one of us is simply a grown-up child. When do we stop needing protection? When do we stop being precious? We don't. We don't. That love is needed all the time. So to, to, to see, to see with an inner truth, the world, and world means nations, it might mean nature, it might mean people, 
But I'm thinking about a worldview here, a philosophy of life, a concept of the world. So we see a world, our world, physical and spiritual. We see our world fully, completely, all the way, nothing held back. No one goes to heaven if anybody else is left behind. No one is excluded. Nothing is excluded. And we see our world fully transformed, which simply means a thorough or dramatic change of form. Change of form, appearance, or character. So I believe when we awaken to this one love that we are, just in the way that when I awaken for a moment to the love that I am, I become love in expression in my world. And when I forget, not so much. So we see a world fully transformed through the spiritual awakening. The spiritual awakening. How does it transform? Through war? Through a war to end all wars? No such thing. So how does it happen? The transformation happens through the power of love, this dramatic change in form or appearance or character. The world, when it understands that it is love, when all of us understand that we are love, then the world will not look the same. The world will pretty much look like what John Lennon described in his beautiful song. You know, I don't have a possession. Anything that's here is free for anyone. I don't have a country. My country is this world. And my countrymen and women are human beings. It seems like a long, long way from where we are right now, which means it's doubly important for us to hold that vision of its possibility. And how does that happen, that transformation? It happens through a spiritual awakening, a profound experience in which an individual's ego transcends their ordinary, finite sense of self to encompass a wider, infinite sense of truth or reality. Whew, that's a mouthful. A spiritual awakening is when you realize, oh, I am not just this. I am so much more. And when I awaken to the more that I am, when I awaken to my connection with everything and all that is, when I awaken to the love that I am here to express, otherwise I wouldn't be here, I believe. When I awaken to that, my spirit comes alive. And when I begin to live from my spiritual self rather than my emotional, greedy self, <laughs> my, 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 mine, 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 self, which is where a lot of us are. We're stuck in toddlerhood. Mine. Mine. When I awaken to that, then all is possible. The spiritual awakening. A spiritual awakening can bring a sense of peace or oneness. It does bring a sense of peace, a sense of oneness, a sense of understanding what the meaning of life is. If I need someone to explain to me what the meaning of life is, you know, we can talk, we can write whole books of philosophy. They've been written, tomes, libraries full. And really what it boils down to is love. Love. When we know that, at every moment that we know it, we are partaking in a spiritual transformation. 
at every moment that we know that. And the moment we forget, we've had a small setback, but we get to remember again, and that's the beauty. And that's the point of community, is to come together to a place where if I forget, you can remind me. And if you forget, hopefully I will remind you. So a spiritual awakening of all humanity, of every human, not the ones we like, or the ones who espouse our politics, or the ones who dress like us or live in our neighborhood, but all humanity, the spiritual awakening of all humanity to the one love that we are. What that means to me is there's not your kind of love and your kind of love and your kind of love and my kind of love. There's not an, a love called Christ and a love that's called Allah and a love that's called God and a love that's called I love you. It's all the same love. If it's love, then it is love and it does not matter what name you put on it. Is there anyone here who doesn't recognize love when you see it? When you know, you know. And if you have to ask the question, maybe that's what's called conditional love rather than unconditional. So this oneness that we talk about, this church of one love, we named the church very carefully. We debated about it for months and months and months. One, oneness simply means a fact or a state of being unified or whole, even though it looks like we're comprised of many parts. Like the oneness of man and nature. It's interesting that we talk about nature as if we're not nature. Hello. <laughs> we are that. I are that. That oneness that identity with someone else, that I don't exist apart from you, and you don't exist apart from me because we are one. We're starting to get an inkling of that about our planet, that we don't exist apart from our planet. We're trying to coexist on our planet, and we're not always doing a very good job of it. But this idea of oneness, of harmony, it's the fact or state of being one in number. I like that. So it's the idea of harmony. We're all in harmony. We're one. But we're one in number. You know, Jesus said, if I say that the kingdom of heaven is here, up in the sky, then the birds will get there before us. If I say it somewhere else, then whoever lives there is going to go that way. The kingdom of heaven is among you. It is within you. It's not somewhere out there. So if you keep looking for it out there, you can spend a lot of energy and you will never find what you're looking for. But if you get quiet and look for the love that's within you, then you've already found it. That's the oneness, one in number. Here's a way that I had a, a meditation teacher many, many years ago that used to say, not to. What does that mean? Not to. There's only one. There's not two. Therefore, if I remember not two, then I can't have a competition. Then I can't be higher on the rung. I can't be lower on the rung. There's not two of us. There's one of us. There's only one of us here. To the one love that we are. And love was described so beautifully 
by Ram Dass and his quoting of um, a couple of other people as well, C.S. Lewis and Mir Baba. I'm just going to um, read this, this little part of it again. Um, it's essentially self-communicative. Those who do not have it catch it from those who have it. In other words, if you don't know your love and I show up for you as presence of love, I can't make you love me or anybody else. But if I show up as the presence of love, then you might just catch that because it's real contagious. How many times have you faced someone who is not loving, in your opinion, by yelling at them and trying to convince them to follow your point of view? <laughs> and if you just love, they might catch that. But if you argue, they'll catch that. They'll catch the argument. If you feel superior, they'll catch that. So what are you communicating? <laughs> What are you communicating? If it's love, then somebody might catch it. It goes on gathering power and spreading itself until eventually it transforms everyone whom it touches. I believe this. That's why we're here. I believe this. That's what our vision is. That's what our vision is. We see a world fully transformed because we understand that the world is all one. Through the spiritual awakening of all of us, to the one that we are. In other words, we'll never be all the way there until everybody has come home, has come home to the heart of love. And no one's actually left, but a lot of people are looking at a film way out there and thinking that's the truth of their lives instead of looking at, you know, what the camera's supposed to be shining on. We look at outer circumstances the way we watch a movie and we think it's true, when really all that is true can be found within. So, lastly, Scott Peck, <clears throat> who wrote The Road Less Traveled and many, many other books, but really, really beautiful book that really helped start me on, I won't say start me on my spiritual journey because I think that started when I was much younger, but started me on a new way of thinking about my spiritual journey. And he said that to love another is to be willing to extend oneself for the good of another. In other words, if I love you only when it's convenient and it feels good and it's comfortable and you're loving me, is that really love? Or is that good feelings because it's convenient? But when I love you regardless of what you send back at me, when I'm ready to extend myself, when I will go the extra mile. And y'all, that's what Jesus was talking about. Love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Do you think he meant so you can be a saint and above them? I'm praying for you, honey. I'll be praying for you. Or do you think he meant, gosh, when you love all the people that make you happy and easy and comfortable, how is that love? How do you know that that's love? Maybe it is, but how do you know if it's never challenged? And when the challenging people come into your life, a possible reaction to that could be, oh, yay, here's somebody to practice my love on. <laughs> because we get good at loving people who seem to us at first unlovable. When we practice doing that, 
Have you ever met somebody and just thought, whew, I will stay as far away from this person as I can possibly get forevermore? And then had an opportunity at some point, perhaps to see them when they are at a vulnerable place or had them show you a kindness when you were in a vulnerable place, or simply you saw them in motion with other people and you thought, wow, they get along with everybody else. Who's the common denominator here? <laughs> Have you ever had that experience? Yeah. That's what we mean. Love your enemies, pray for those who persecute you. Because it's really hard to persecute people who are truly loving and praying for you. The best way to end an argument with anybody is to say, oh, you're right and I agree. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and I promise you, you can find common ground. You can find something on which you agree. I appreciate your passion about that. I am passionate also about my view. And as passionate as I am about my own view, I can appreciate how passionate you are about yours. Good for you. Good for you. And <laughs> there can be an and. That's okay. But find something, some common ground, because there is, if none other, that we are all in this together, whether we want to be or not. So we are... We say in our mission statement, our vision statement is what we envision to be possible, to be true underneath the appearance, but what we believe can be true even in the appearance when all is love, when we all recognize, wake up to the love that we are, when we are loving so much that everyone catches it. A real pandemic of love where you just can't get away from it. You can spray down your groceries all you want, but you're going to get the love because it's coming at you from all directions. Yeah. What if we here at this church started a pandemic of love? What do you think that might do? So we are, we are, we start with, we are an inclusive spiritual community. We are. This is because we know we already are that, even if we're not totally awake to it 24-7. I will claim that I am the one love. I live the one love of God. My purpose here on this earth is to be love in form. And I don't always act like that. <laughs> don't always remember it, that it's true. But I remind myself as often as I can through the things that I read, through my time alone, through nature, through reaching out to other people, through showing up at spiritual community of one type or another, through going places where I know that I will be bolstered to believe who I am and also to places where I know that I will be challenged, that I will be called up to be to a little bit higher place than where I stand on my own. We are. We don't have to awaken to it. It's already there, but we have to awaken to it. Because <laughs> that's, that's the paradox. We already are that love, but we forget. We go to sleep, and it's hard to wake up. And what I find is that a lot of us wake up and hit the snooze button <laughs> over and over and over again, and that's okay. There's no judgment. We are an inclusive spiritual community. 
teaching unconditional love, inspiring personal transformation, celebrating diversity, and engaging in compassionate action for the greater good of all. We, anyone who walks through these doors, anyone who joins us online, anyone whose heart is in alignment of what, with what we are doing, there are people in the world who believe who hold the same vision that we do, who will never see or hear of the Church of One Love in Dallas, Texas. But there are people, and so we join our vision with theirs, inclusive. We're an inclusive spiritual community. That means we exclude no one. No one. Yeah. We exclude no one because we are all one. You cannot exclude another without cutting off a part of yourself. Can you understand that? When you say everybody but him, you've basically just cut yourself off at the elbow. And if you have a, too many but hims in your life, then you may be just like a stump. <laughs> Barely getting around. Don't you know people like that though? They see danger in so many places that they're basically living as a stump. We don't do that. We don't cut off parts of ourselves in order for the, the part that we hold dearest to feel good about itself. And we don't include in order to change, we include in order to love. If you are here, we include you, and guess what? You get to be loved whether you want to or not. You might catch it, or you might have a really strong immune system, but that's nothing to us. We just love anyway, right? We love anyway. We, every path is valid. Can you imagine? I, 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 here's the test that I use in my mind. If I were born on a desert island and raised by wolves, and no one had ever taught me anything, I never heard of a Bible, I never heard of the Quran. I never saw Oprah. Is there a truth within me that would know, that would know that love is my purpose, is my, is my one true north? And I believe so. I believe so. I don't think God would have set up a world where it's like, well, by the way, if you can't read this book in this language in this century, then you're out. No, I believe it is in every one of us. Einstein called that the cosmic religious feeling. There is something in all of us that is calling us to something higher, and that something higher is love. So we are an inclusive spiritual community. We're not a community of materialism or materials. We are a community, as in people, in the same place with a feeling of fellowship, sharing a common attitude or purpose. We are here when, when we say spiritual community, we're talking about support, belonging, security, and purpose. Not security of I've locked it down so I'm secure now, but security of I've recognized that it's all love and nothing can really hurt the truth of me. Nothing can. So we are teaching, we're teaching unconditional love. And it's not just me that's teaching, y'all. And it's not just the people leading our classes who are teaching. You are teaching. You are the contagion. 
and you get to teach simply by the love germs that you rub off on people. And to teach means to explain or hold discourse or to instruct. But what I would say is the teaching that works is example. It would be very hard for me to teach you to love me. But if I just love you no matter what, you might just learn what love looks like. And you might love me back, or you might love a whole lot of other people, or you might just love at some point. So teaching by example is the most important thing we can do. I mean, that's what Jesus did over and over and over with the disciples. He kept going, oh. <laughs> I've explained it to you before. Let's do it one more time. And he was, you can, you can see his frustration at times that they didn't get it. They didn't get it. What did this guy do? Why was he born blind? What, what did his parents do? Jesus was like, oh, his parents didn't do anything. That's not how it works. And maybe he was born blind just so he could open his eyes and see and feel the contrast of that. Just so I could demonstrate what love looks like. And people who see it can know that love heals. Maybe that's it. And finally, Jesus just was who he was, and that was the greatest teaching of all. That was the greatest teaching of all. So unconditional love means no matter what. No matter what. No matter what. There are people in our society um, that have done unconscionable things. Things that we could never personally dream of doing in our darkest moment, and yet they have done. Do they deserve love? I'm here to say yes. Thank you, Perry. And it's hard. Woo, is it hard. But I ask you this. On your very worst day, doing your very worst thing, what if that got on the news and everybody in the whole world thought, that's who you are? One action, one incident, one day, one moment of your life, that's who you are. And maybe you did it 10 times. Maybe you did 100 times. But in the scheme of a lifetime, does any of us feel like we should be judged by our worst? No. no. Nor by our best, really. But I am a whole person. I am a whole human being, which means the divine is alive in me, and I carry around this body and these attitudes of mind and the culture that I was born into and the gender that I was born into. And I have all these ideas and opinions and I tend to think they're right because I'm human. <sighs> we are one love, but we got a, it's an uphill battle to a large degree. It can be, it can be. So that's why we try to teach through example, unconditional love, love without conditions, regardless of what you believe, what you think, how you dress, if you come or if you don't come, unconditional. We are here to inspire, and to inspire in its literal form means to breathe in. So it is to fill somebody with breath. To inspire someone means to help them breathe a little easier, a little more fully. Something, fill them with an urge to do something or feel something. That's what inspiration is. You know, you've seen people who are trying to inspire you and you're going, I know what you're doing, but that's not working with me. But then there are other times when you go, 
wait a minute, that teaches me something about myself that I needed to know. I, there are things that are mine to do. And it begins to take you in a creative direction. That's inspiration. That's what we're here, to inspire personal transformation. Personal means it's unique to every person. My transformation is not going to look like your transformation. But when we're all done, it's going to all look like love. The steps to get there, hmm, we may take them quite differently. But to transform means a true metamorphosis. Like, we're not what we were before. Like, Jesus awakened to this love is who I am. Doesn't matter what you do to my body. My life here, doesn't matter. It's not important. Didn't even defend himself at the end. Because he understood the love that I am, there is no way you can harm that. And I stand in that. I stand in that. That's a metamorphosis from believing that we are this, that we are human. So we want to inspire everyone's personal transformation, not so everyone can feel good, although that's wonderful, but because what we know is that when I transform even a little bit, then the whole, the, whole, the one love is transformed. Every little step forward by any of us is a step forward for all of us. We do not evolve alone. We cannot we are inextricably connected in our oneness. And so we celebrate that. To celebrate something means to acknowledge it publicly, to happily say, yay, yay about this. And we celebrate diversity. We celebrate that my path doesn't look like your path. Maybe my name for God isn't the name you have for God. Maybe you don't even like the name God. None of my business. It's only my business to love you and to awaken with you the love within you the love that you already are but you may have forgotten or had it beat out of you or talked out of you or scared out of you. So diversity means to me any kind of cultural background, any color, any age, any race, any sexual orientation, any gender orientation, I don't care, none of that's my business. I want to see the love in you, and I want you to experience the love of this community. And I believe that when I call you in, you will experience that love. That's the one thing that every guest I've ever brought in here has said is, oh my gosh, Melinda, what a loving community. And I go, yeah, <laughs> I'm so lucky. I don't think I forget it. I never forget it for one moment, how blessed I am to be here. And so we acknowledge that diversity as something to celebrate. Yay, you get to do it your way, I get to do it my way. We don't even have to argue because in the end it's all love. Why would we argue? Right? So engage. So we celebrate that love and then we, we engage, we take part in compassionate action. Compassionate means to have sympathy or concern for another's pain with the desire to alleviate it. Sympathy just means to have concern. Compassion means to have concern and have a desire to alleviate that pain. And so when we have a true desire to alleviate someone's pain, we do something. 
we're drawn to do something. Can we alleviate everybody's pain? No, we cannot. But we can ask what's mine to do and we can do it. And that's something that many individuals in this church do individually. And it's something that we do together in community. We reach out, we find out who has a need and we go out and we try to fill it in our very, very small way. Not so we can be important, but so that we can have the experience of putting feet to our prayers of putting action to our words of, oh, that's so terrible for you. Is that the kind of uh, sympathy you want? Oh, it must be terrible to be you. <laughs> or, wow, I see that you're going through something. How can I help? How can I help? I mean, I can't fix it, but how can I help in one small way? Putting feet to our prayers, compassionate action, to act to achieve, to achieve an aim for the greater good Meaning, the greater good means not just good for me. The greater good of all, there is a higher good, right? Maybe I consider it my good on a day that my hair is really fixed and I'm wearing my best clothes for it not to rain on me. But it's not for the good of the farmers. Is that not a greater good? You see how we just, we, we narrow in on what's good for me and we forget that there is always a greater good, whether we can see it or not. And so we work toward that greater good for all. And the last thing I would say is all doesn't just mean all humans. It means all, period. Thank you. I have talked too long, as I do. So we're just going to do an arrow prayer instead of a long meditation. Just take a deep breath. And as you breathe, feel the inspiration, the inhalation of love. Feel the love that's in this room for you. Breathe it in and know that it meets the love that is already in you, otherwise you couldn't recognize it. Breathe into that love that is yours, and now picture that there is not only a higher power, but the highest power of all that holds all of this, all of it. What we call the good, the bad, or the ugly, there is a power that doesn't see any of that, but only holds love for all. I invite you to breathe in to that power. To allow it to come into you and claim you as its own. To say yes. I say yes to love today, regardless of what that looks like. Yes. Yes. Yes, love, yes. I will follow the direction of love today. And so it is. Amen.